0: Hi, welcome to the Indie Immersive Podcast, a discussion hub for indie developers that are making experiences for immersive technologies, namely virtual and augmented reality. I'm Eric Wu, and today I'm here with Nick Thorne, a very active member around the VR game dev community, and he's currently deep into the production of his story-driven sci-fi VR game. Um, But before we get into that, can you tell me a little bit about your background and how you got started
1: making video games? Well... I am a gamer. I've always been around games. Grew up around games from you know from single digits. But you know, I, I used to have a spe- show my age. Here. I used to have a Spectrum, 16k for 8k, one to eight k. Used to a program spectrum. ASCII. Basic. Is that like yeah? A, man. What what is that?
0: I, I don't bit. think that might have been before my time.
1: Yeah, this is going back to the 80s now. So I mean, showing my age a little bit. But you know, that was an eight-bit machine, so you had like ASCII Basic. You know, you type like tap L and it type uh-huh. out the word load kind of thing but anyway that's awesome that was my first it, it was fun I mean I did a couple of little games to myself but back then we mm-hmm. didn't have the internet or and things like that but I made an adventure game called Charlie's Adventures and uh, I remember the title screen was uh, Mike Oldfield's Jubilee Bells which is a complex bit of music and I transposed that into the language you know it was it was just horrible really but and took a long time anyway <laughs>
0: Well, that's the stuff oh, I like oh, to hear about. That's that's really cool. So you've been so like you're not in the industry officially, like professionally, but you've been doing this for for a bit. Like you, you've learned how to program at a young age, and and you've been making projects yeah. here and there.
1: Yeah, that's it, and and just playing and tinkering to yourself in the in the bedroom as you do. And as the years rolled by, I think I did a stint on consoles, things like the Mega Drive mm-hmm. and PS One brilliant thing. But then I got a PC, you know, and it changed everything. And you start getting to C++, like HTML back then, you didn't have great websites. But um, yeah, I've always followed followed programming in some way or other, and I've always wanted to uh, make games because I'm a gamer. So
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I've tried out your demo. It looks really, really great so far. Um, but before we get into that, I- I'm just curious, how did you transition from consoles and then PC? How- what got you into... Uh, immersive experiences specifically?
1: Yeah, um, I remember when I was a kid, there was this um, kiddie show, um, children's TV show that was about, um, about VR, it was a game show. It was a game show with VR and they played in VR and it was just amazing, you just saw it. And it Cause you know, it was 3D back then, it was quite new. Right. So that stuck in my head, I thought, wow, that's amazing. Cause I was, you know, I was a gamer, I thought, I'd love to do that. Yeah. And then, you know, VR was dead for for years. For, for a very long time, and then you heard about the um, DK1, I think it was, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. started making waves. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, so I kept tabs of that, and then the CV1 come out, and you got the vibe and whatnot.
0: Throughout my experiences, like, I've seen a lot of people try VR for the first time, testing my demo or whatever, or just hanging out, and, and we're playing the rift everyone always like just starts laughing and like going crazy while they're doing it. Like, Oh, I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> like a hundred percent every single time they have some sort of like, wow, this is just insane. And I think like, uh, especially with the developers that I've talked to, it, sometimes it's so strong that it compels them to just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start making stuff for this. Cause like, what, a- like I can't help but do that after trying
1: this. It is. Yeah. And, that's, and that's what it was like. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, the idea of being in the game—I mean, how can that not just blow your mind? I remember my first time, and it was just in nuts.
0: I, I have a feeling, like the more I'm going to ask that question, um, the, you, it's really just going to be that answer. It's just well, I mean, it's the shit. Like, it really is,
1: you know. <laughs> yeah. It's just a shame that commercially, it's had a bit of a bad rap, but you know.
0: Well, I think it's just—it's going to take a lot of time for for the technology to get accessible. Like, I think the Quest is is a really, really great start, but. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. you know, obviously, like once you know Quest two, three comes out, and and it's not, I mean, it, it's always going to be on some sort of mobile chipset. But like once the graphics start catching up with PC VR, and the and the inside out tracking is going to be really, really sharp, it's just going to blow up like crazy. Like everyone's just yeah, gonna oh, have, yeah, yeah. It's going to be insane. Standalone VR is definitely
1: here to stay. Yeah, PC VR console, yeah. well, PS and Quest, they're definitely the main three, I think, for right. games.
0: Yeah, I think our, we've already kind of broken past that threshold of like, or or just like critical mass of of uh, where the technology needs to be. You know, whereas before, like you were saying in the 90s or 80s or whatever, VR is just like, it, it was pretty uncertain if it was actually going to last because it was just so like primitive.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah but anyways, yeah, I want to hear more about your project. T- tell us a little bit about that.
1: So, yeah, it's called Prisoner 518 and um, it's a sci-fi adventure and one thing I mean I, I started creating it actually for Pancake originally
0: oh really I that, didn't
1: know that yeah yeah in, in 2016 because um, for me I'm, as a, as another hobby I was very big on story craft so mm-hmm. I spent around nearly 10 years studying it you know I find it fascinating and obviously I love games, I love stories. And I thought, you know, I'd like to put that into games. And so that's what I started doing with Vision of Fire 1. It was literally, I wrote the story for just this project to see mm. if it can work you know, and be an engaging experience from start to finish. You know, because a lot of games that do have story kind of sags in the middle, doesn't it? it mm. A bit grindy. Mm. I wanted to avoid that. Just have it as a nice flowing, just draws you in right to the end.
0: Right. That's so, actually surprising so, yeah. to me that it was originally a pancake because, you know, having played uh, the demo, it seems like it, it, I mean, you've probably rewritten the script a couple of times, um, but it, it seems like it was deliberately made for for
1: VR. I mean, the whole structure of it and the story was in place already. Mm-hmm. I was making it, and funny enough, I, I, what, what happened was I played a couple of games. I played uh, Prey and uh, Senua's Hellblade. And they were just amazing. I loved those games, mm-hmm. and it, it took the sails out of my wind. I'm not saying it's similar to those two, but it kind of is in a little way. There's there's things that cross. It's just it was just bad timing, I suppose. And and it, and I shelved it. I said, "Ah, oh, this is no good." And then mm-hmm. I bought VR, and it changed everything. Right, right. right. I was like, "This is meant. F- this is meant for it." So then, yeah, I kind of mechanically I, I rebuilt it for VR, but obviously. It's different. It's not It's not uh, something that you consume passively, as what story structure is con- conventionally used for. I have to try and think differently because mm-hmm. it needs to be interactive. So that's sort of some of the challenges I'm sort of facing at the moment and trying to, I suppose, transpose the typical story structure idea, but put it into an interactive experience.
0: Can you talk a little bit more about that? Just like, because... I mean VR is still, you know, in its infancy and I've tried out a lot of different VR apps and um it's really really hard to to do something that's compelling story-wise inside of VR because you know traditionally you might have like like a narrator or like a UI thing come up and like just like literal text going out and that just doesn't really fit the medium. So like what have you found is effective in in immersive experiences
1: for storytelling? Um Well, I I keep mentioning, like, story structure. I mean, there's turning points in stories. I -hmm. mean, you know, if I I went through what the the turning points are, like, in general Hollywood movies today, there's, like, 10 major turning points. Mm -hmm. And you're guaranteed to watch a movie, every 15 minutes, there'll be something major will happen. You can watch a movie. Watch a two-hour movie, and you'll see every 15 minutes, something will happen that changes the story. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens in films. Obviously, you can't do that in games because you can't control – timing that way right so you right, have to right. do it by their interactions so on a certain point of the interactions that will change the story so that's how i sort of like brought the structure into gaming so it's based on the player's interaction that makes that total makes sense yeah so instead yeah. of
0: timing beats it's it's completely event-based you know yeah yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that makes a lot of sense i have back before i was doing video games i like to to write screenplays and Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I had tried out a lot of different story structures. That's an art in itself. Yeah.
1: Well, Not something I've done, but looked at it.
0: Yeah. Do you follow any, like, I know that you had like a planning structure, but do you follow any sort of like philosophy, like not philosophies, but like, there's a lot of popular uh, structures already in, in screenplays that have been tried and tested. Is that something that you use or have you found something that you have developed yourself?
1: Um, no, no. Well, um, I'm in the writing community anyway. But there's a guy there who does screenplays, and he, you know, he studies all that sort of thing, and that's his his job. Um, I, I don't know if there's a name for it, but they use like a a, a ten point system. Mm-hmm, it's it's mm-hmm. based on the three act structure, but yeah. it's it's sort of like, but it's broken down into ten steps, and apparently, a lot of movies are based on that. Right, I can sit right. there with that little structure of a movie, and you can you can point it to every part. You know. Right. I, the
0: 10, the 10 point structure does sound really familiar. I'm looking at my bookcase right now and there's like, I, there's like a uh, one with like 26 points with the wow. hero goals sequencing. And then there's like the traditional hero's journey or whatever. I can't remember the exact name where it's like a four act structure. So yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. And uh, I think that that's yeah, cool that's that you cool. integrate that into your game because you know, why, why sort of stray from the lessons that we've learned from filmmaking I, I think, as humans, we're used to having certain beats to hit, and it really resonates sure. us when they're in that rhythm.
1: And yeah. then the challenge is, of course, to make it uh, a very long play, because obviously game games expect a long play right. in terms of games, not just two hours. So yeah, but I think I think it's quite flexible, that structure that you can sort of you could have like a side quest that would incorporate those ten points. But the main arching storyline is ten points also, as you've got ten points everywhere. You know? So you can I think you can extend play to satisfy gamers. At least uh, i think.
0: Have you found can that you what I
1: mean?
0: Yeah, I do. Have you found that um because I feel like a lot of of video game development and indie game development specifically is a lot about, you know, sort of de scoping and making sure that you don't scope creep and, and keeping everything like actually something that you can develop in a certain time frame but with storytelling and it seems like you have experience kind of writing these long form narratives have you ever found that you've had to cut some of the story so that you could actually develop it um in it with within like your expected time frame or or is it that your development time expands to the needs of the story
1: um well for me like i said i'm a planner so this project was specifically written for the structure mm-hmm. to keep it in a in, in a nice scope but I, I do have projects in the future that i have they are handwritten fiction which i want to sort of like transpose to games mm-hmm. and i think that would be you know your point you raised there is very valid and i think it'd be quite difficult to kind of cut it change it and make it well gameable so yeah
0: right is that what you're going to be working on next after uh after this project, do you know at this point, like sort of uh, making adaptations of those stories that you've already written?
1: Yeah, yeah, the next two projects, I mean, the next two projects really are for, mostly about building on the foundation that I'm trying to build now, but they're they're flash fiction pieces, so they'll be quite short, but they're more about character interactions. Hmm. So then I'll be, so I'll concentrate on that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I have four projects in line, if I ever get that far. And uh, yeah, and they're all going to be sci-fi. I kind of see that. For the next that. one, yeah. it's going to be an abstract kind of fun piece. It'll be a little bit weird, but I think it'd be good to be on any platform and for any age. And it's, uh, it's called The Savoring Inspector, hmm. And it's not what you think. It's, it's, very, it's kind of a bizarre piece, but it's fun. I'm is, hoping people find it fun anyway. Is you it know? abstract and
0: sci-fi?
1: No, no, no. This is... No, it's just abstract, kind of fun, quirky. It'll be probably about an hour's playthrough, but very short, but it's, it's about the character interactions, so there'll be a character that you can interact with. But, yeah, so that, that project and the one after it will be about how the player interacts with, actually, NPCs. Mm-hmm. So really, because for me, obviously, for story, you've got to be big on characters, mm-hmm. and you've got to be able to interact with them, you know? Not just sit there. You know, when you see games we you sit there and you just like throwing grapes or glasses at them, you know? You can't do that. There's consequences, so a lot like to think about that, and that should be a part of the game when you yeah. interact with characters. There should be consequences in some way.
0: Yeah, I just feel like I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, obviously the finalized version of this project, but your next one also sounds super intriguing because it seems like it's going to be really, really heavy on just just interacting with characters, and I think yeah, that that there's so much fun. ground to break in that area.
1: Yeah, because this project, I mean, it is, it's going to be light on characters because I've tried to keep the scope small and as simple as possible mm-hmm. so that I can actually complete it in a good time frame, you know? So, like I say, it's just about incorporating sto- commercial story structure into games.
0: When, when you say your next project uh, is, is abstract, is, is it still going to follow a pretty conventional uh, story structure or is that also going to be abstract as well?
1: It's, it's a flash fiction piece, so it's kind of based on a scene in a story, if you know what I mean. So, you know, you have an opening, then the content, and then a the little punchline at the end. But it should last around an hour. It'll be a bit you know a fun piece, but the sole aim is about how you interact with NPCs.
0: Yeah. That's also another thing I'm excited about is, like, you say an hour, and that, you know, if with a video game, traditionally, that would be, oh, that's kind of a, a nice and short and sweet Experience, but for VR, an hour is actually quite a lot because I mean, one, you're probably unless you're like a super enthusiast, you're not going to want to have a headset on for 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 periods of time. Um, yeah. So an hour is definitely a good good amount, especially because it's so difficult to develop for this medium right now and keep everything like at a high quality and super tight. An hour is actually quite a lot. So so yeah, that, that's I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs>
1: But um, well, this project I'm hoping will be seven hours, you know, around around yeah. that sort of time.
0: Yeah, I f- I forgot to ask you that. So seven hours, that's 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 awesome, man. And, it, and that's so not, how long you know, have you been
1: working not, on this for? Well I started it in May twenty sixteen. So it was it was in place the game. But I started in VR uh twenty well, two years ago. Almost two years now, maybe two years in December, mm-hmm. I've been working on this. And I'm hoping that will be the end of it, if you know what I mean, in terms of release anyway. Right. So I have always said to myself, you know, especially as an indie developer, you and, you and you want to make money from it and make it you know, a career choice, then I think you should be able to deliver a product between 12 and 18 months, I think, anyway. Mm-hmm. And I've passed that already. But you know, I think that to be viable, I think that's the scope. You should try and keep it within, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, I absolutely No, you mean. I think indie projects, just because oftentimes it's one or just a small group of people. If you're trying to be financially viable, going above a certain amount would just be pretty, unless you're like completely funded or something up front for more than that. I think it is a, probably a good execution strategy to keep it pretty tight in terms of timelines. But it's really, really impressive to me that you have 7 hours of gameplay and so although you've you've sort of exceeded that <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean i've played it it definitely seems like there's a, there's a lot of of content and story to go through but i don't think you should feel ashamed that you've over you know stepped over that 18 month mark because 7 hours is really really ambitious and and honestly just very impressive to me so I mean, hats off to you
1: well, well, cheers, cheers. I mean, you know, i take that. But, I mean, that's what the, stru- you know, the story structure or the structure of the game, that's what it supports, it, you know, and that's just the foundation. Right. So, you know, I, I think it can grow. Well, I'm hoping it can grow from that. And that's, you know, that's the point of this project, just to be that foundation. Hopefully people like it and, you know, I think the most important thing is, is probably to gain some fans for it, you know, uh-huh, for that uh-huh. sort of thing. Yeah. I think that's what's really yeah. important. It's a
0: little, I mean, I don't, I haven't released anything formally yet, uh, in VR and, um, but I imagine it's gotta be really difficult to gather an audience because it's, it's already a pretty small market compared to, you know, all the, all the other mediums within video games. And, um, so, so what have your experiences been with that? Uh, have you tried accumulating a fan base yet or, because I know that your demo just recently got polished to the point where, I mean, you were showing me and other people in in the development community.
1: Sure. Yeah. um Well, initially I was on Itch, which I think is a great site. I think it's definitely a, a good place for indie developers to go. And I sort of went there with the intent you know, obviously to show it and so forth and hopefully gain some uh, fans. And I think it's potentially possible. I think I did it wrong because I didn't really gain much from it personally, mm-hmm. which is a shame. And so I'm sort of like still... Nowhere in terms of coverage. I tried sending out a, a press release, you know, to uh, influencers and the, the game journos and, and still heard nothing. But then I'm a nobody, right? So who's well, going to care about?
0: I think we've discussed this before yeah. between yeah. us, but I don't think you should feel too bad because I feel like one, it's already difficult enough to develop a game, you know, essentially by yourself. But marketing is its own. Field and has its own learning curve and skill cap, and um, I think sure. that yeah, and and plus you know as we mentioned before, the market is pretty hard to tap into because it's pretty limited right now. But on the other side of that is that people are hungry for for experiences right now. It's because it's not very financially viable for some of these AAA or even double A studios exactly. to enter it. But we're we're all hungry for, for stuff like like Prisoner Five One Eight Five One Eight, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but that's that's what's good for us. That's what's good for the indies right now. Is that we can we can tap into VR, and you know, and hopefully start getting a, a name for yourself. I think it's a great opportunity mm-hmm. for indie developers and Absolutely. VR.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? And to that point, so, how do we? Uh, sorry, to cut you off. What were you going to
1: say? I was just saying about it sort of like, um, you know, reaching out to people and not hearing nothing, It it's fine. It, you, I mean, you're right. It's a learning curve and, you know, and I think the whole process is a learning curve. So it's all good. You know, I've just sent out the demo to YouTube Influencers this morning. I've got some emails back. Oh, that's exciting. That yeah. So someone's downloaded it and played it for an hour today.
0: That's really good. Yeah
1: hopefully it's an hour of actually playing it and not trying to get it to work or something but but I did think in my head it should take around an hour so it could be a good sign
0: yeah we might I have mean, a youtube
1: video pop up soon you know
0: a full hour of gameplay is, is a lot to do in a row and i can't imagine him like or her it, whatever your tester is they they probably would have stopped if there was some sort of bug along the way so they probably did end up playing an hours worth of gameplay
1: well thanks to you guys for testing it you know in a, in our little community yeah, well, we got to stick together.
0: <laughs> it's already yeah, it's it's it. such a tough discipline. There's just it's so multidisciplinary, and it's just you know each one of those disciplines it could take your whole life to master. And so I obviously I have a lot of admiration for anyone who's kind of in the trenches with us. Um, but yeah, how sure. do how do people find your project right now? Um, you said you were on itch. Is there is do you have like a Discord? Like if if I, I were to <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's empty, but that's fine. That's fine. One day, you never know. Is there some sort well, yeah, of I mean, uh,
0: link hub that we can go to that's easy to access so we can join it if we're interested in your project? Uh,
1: yeah, it's just uh, whipped up gaming with, with an underscore. If I type it in here, I know it's not very useful saying it over a mic. Got it. I'll
0: try to well, include that somewhere in like the description of this podcast. Or the title, Yeah, that'd be so, cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean...
1: Yeah, I do have a website. It's a forum, which is just, I think people, well, bots create accounts. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) it's something. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, Itch was, yeah, it had a couple of people feed on it, but the demo I did supply them, and this was going back to April last year. So you you can imagine what it was like compared to what the demo's like now. I mean, it's it's a world different. So if I probably went back to Itch, I probably, you know, might – Sort of gain something more from it, so that might be still a possibility. I don't know. I have to, I have to see. Like I like say, it's a learning curve. You know, right. make mistakes. Uh, you know, and we hopefully learn. So yeah, at the moment, the, the best people have been the Slack community that <laughs> <laughs> we're we're all, we're all in. Absolute great guys, and the testing they've done this last week has been brilliant. You know, yeah, really has helped.
0: Well, I mean, it helps that your your project is so far along the way because, you know, it's it's really nice testing this sort of stuff for for your peers because it's inspiring. To be able to test other people's work is is definitely keeps you going at least to me personally. That's how I feel about it.
1: Yeah, um, and it gives you a different perspective as well when you test people's stuff, you know? It kind of makes you like, look at your own thing differently as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think well, I've been in the like right- writing community for about like 10 years and did a lot of critique, critiquing of people's uh, stories and that. And it does, when you critique people's stuff, it makes you look at your own things in a different way. It's, it's quite useful, I think. It's a good 100%. process.
0: 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No question there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I... I don't have really any other questions. Um, Is there anything specifically you wanted to talk to? I I didn't mention this initially, but the reason why I reached out to Nick is because I knew that he had a uh, promising project that was very focused on storytelling. And so I figured, you know, I've always been interested in storytelling myself. And so we would center this podcast about storytelling, but it doesn't necessarily only have to be that. Is there anything that you found throughout the, the process of developing this project that that you found was particularly interesting or, or wanted to share or talk about?
1: Um, well, I don't so that's, that's the difficult question I Was all about at the start is when you, you know, right. you, it's you such mentioned, one. Yeah. That's when you've got to think about, you know, because you, you're so much absorbed in just working on certain little bits and bobs of your project. You, you don't often see it as a, as a whole, right. You, know? you can Definitely. spend months just like working yeah, on certain parts. Um, Wish I sort of like had something to say.
0: No, that's Uh, okay. It is, it's, it's a little bit too open-ended of a question because you're right. It's, especially when you're developing a project by yourself, you're so close to it. Um, your face is just right point blank in it all day, every day. It's really, really hard to be able to see it from a third person perspective or, or really reflect on it, especially because it's not done yet. I'm sure that like, eventually you might have some sort of like, uh, uh, you'll be able to reflect on it as a whole, but probably Absolutely. not when you're
1: in the weeds.
0: Yeah.
1: When you said you don't have that third-person kind of view, that's why it's important to get it tested. Right. So any other devs listening out there, get it tested along the way as soon as possible, and especially soon when you're thinking about pushing something out to the public but because people will see things you don't see. Mm-hmm. And they'll see a lot of things you don't see, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's my
1: advice in a way. Get it tested by other people.
0: Yeah, I don't think I feel like with VR, especially because it's such a new medium and it's very very finicky and things you would think oh would would fit or or be fun would be completely not fun at all or just wouldn't work inside of a headset and there's just so much to it right now that I don't I don't think I've ever heard of a developer who wasn't actively testing outside just because I feel like that's just absolutely essential at this point
1: yeah well that's yeah. important especially in vr that's important isn't it those yeah. interactions to work well you know absolutely and have to have lots of different feedback it's interesting to know you know you should have sound and visual cues and, and obviously and haptic feedback makes such a difference even just music and things as well
0: yeah it's one <laughs> but, thing that yeah. I, I really keyed in on early um through my own testing sessions of my project is that Like the interactions just have to be tip top, like the level of polish involved, like it's not enough to make it okay, because as soon as that immersion is is broken, it's over. And so even something as simple as grabbing an object, if it doesn't feel right, um, your whole game just just it's it's not convincing enough. But yeah, I, I really appreciate your time if you if you don't have anything else to talk about.
1: Oh that's cool. I mean there's a Steam page up. I mean, I don't know if you have the link for that. we well, you've only got to type in five one eight, I think, and it'll pop up. So
0: Oh wonderful. So uh I'm sure you could also Google Prisoner five one eight Steam and it'll probably be the first result.
1: It is is in there, yeah, yeah. I think um there's a TV show called Prisoner Cell Blockage which steals the limelight on Google but
0: <laughs> Well, hopefully it's you'll somewhat, overtake uh, the SEO once once you release. and people. That's care. it. You never know. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah you never hopefully. know. Um, that's it. Cool, man. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm walking in the dark at the moment. I'm just discovering it as I go. <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't remember if I, because we've talked, uh, I mean, we talk quite often, but did I ask you on this podcast yet when you're planning to release it or is it uh, like an ongoing uh, sort of thing, like after you feel like it's a, at a good point?
1: Uh, no, I mean you obviously have a target for that. Hopefully, quarter four at the end of this year. Hopefully, mm.
0: really soon
1: then, yeah. And well, yeah. I mean the the game's there. I just need to kind of string it all together,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then probably get it tested and then optimize and polish, which will probably take ages. So then it'll probably drift into next year. But who knows? But yeah, it's it's coming. Right. It's you know it's fast approaching, and it's you know it's kind of scary in a little way.
0: Oh I I'm, I'm sure yeah. of it. I mean, you've been um, working on this for quite a bit, but
1: I, yeah. I I think
0: that's probably something that every single indie developer goes through. It's just that that fear that things might go wrong at the last minute or like, man, you know, it might not be well received or whatever, but I think it just takes a immense amount of courage to even embark on on this sort of journey anyways, and so I'm I'm sure you'll pull through.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think my greatest fear is releasing it and it just breaks for everyone. I, yeah, you know.
0: I think it will happen just because of that principle where like, if something is, it's just going to fuck up at some point. I, I, there's, I think there's a Murphy's law, but yeah, I mean, yeah, especially with this that's, technology, that's
1: scary, yeah, especially with PCs and, you know, and all the hardware and the fact yeah. people will try and use like toasters to run VR. I'm sure they're right, out there. But. Right. Well, I'm
0: super excited for it. Thanks for your time, Nick. Um, and you, mate. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'll catch you Indeed. around the on, around the Slack. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, for those of you listening, Prisoner 518, check it out. Hopefully coming out in Q4, yes. but ma- my it, was, it might bleed yeah. over. Yeah, it might bleed <laughs> over. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks a bunch for your time, man. I hope you enjoy You're the awesome. rest of this beautiful weekend.
1: Yeah, cheers. And you, thank
0: you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks to everyone out there listening to the podcast. My current plan is to have an interview every week or so. So if you enjoyed what you heard today, please leave a review. That's the best way to get this new podcast out there. But other than that, I'll be announcing new episodes on my Twitter, uh, which is at Wuchi Online. Wuchi being spelled W-U-C-H-I online. Uh, and also a special thanks to my fiance for designing the logo. And she's just going to be doing the art and the website around this over the next couple of weeks as I build this up. So if you enjoyed that, please visit her at her Instagram at makingmirrors.ai. It's at makingmirrors.ai. Thanks again. I'll catch you next time.